morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you find yourself. Welcome to the Stepping Out series, a show about ordinary people just like you and me stepping out into the extraordinary, into the dreams, our visions, our purposes, regardless of the odds, regardless of fears, and regardless of what else would hold us back. My name's Anagre, and my sincere hope is that as you listen today, that you'd both be inspired and equipped to live life to the fullest. Uh, we get the honor and pleasure to hear from Biju Tampi, and he is an incredible in individual who is the CEO and founder of the nonprofit Vision Rescue. And um, I got the mission statement over here, and I was very inspired just even spending my time on his website. And if you're interested about knowing more about the organization, I'll have the details in the info below. And here's the mission. Freeing children from all forms of all exploitation by engaging and sustaining in education, which empowers them to change mindsets and make good life choices that promote intergenerational transformations. Um, this is an organization based out of Mumbai, India. Um, I myself am Indian, so this is something very close to my heart and um, looking forward to hear from, hearing from you, Biju. Thanks for being here. Great to be here, Anugre. Great to talk to you after a long time, yeah. Yeah, so in in the show before we were kind of talking about um you know what it looks like for people to take a step out in faith and um I'd be curious we're going to go for about 25 to 20 minutes today and it'd be good to know from you like how did you end up doing what you do today? So I'm from Kerala, the southernmost part of India where relatively poverty is lesser and um, I was not exposed to you know, extreme poverty. So I came to Mumbai for some other work and I was in a rickshaw. That is a three-wheeler taxi that we have here. Yeah. For and, and when we came to a traffic signal, I saw a child being exploited in front of my eyes, which was, which really disturbed me. Mm. And uh, I went back to my room and I kind of asked God, why do you allow this to happen? If you are good, if you are almighty, if you are love, which I know you are, why do you allow this to happen? And I didn't hear any answer, but I felt a question in my spirit, which I believe is from God back to me. That question was along the lines of, why do you allow this to happen? So wow. that really got me thinking because God doesn't have to send an angel from heaven uh, to feed a hungry child or to educate a child on the streets. So, so I began to, you know, ask questions, um, find out more information, do my own research. And I found out that, uh, you know, the, the only way to change this scenario is to bring education to children. So we started off as a feeding program. Mm. So we started with six kids, giving some snacks. Then it grew to 10 children, 15 children, 40 children. That's kind of how we started and uh, why we started. Because, again, coming back to the why, um, it will never happen if it does not become personal to us. Because if it does not become personal to us, we will our, our endeavor of helping children will stop by uh, giving them some money and walking away. And then we blame the government, the, then we blame the system. <laughs> and when we, then we say it's their fault, it's their, they should have been doing the job. But the whole question to me is if it was my son or my child, hmm. would I stop there? 
would i if my child was lost if my child was starving would i blame the system and keep going i would never do that i will do something about it yeah and uh, i really believe that they are god's children and uh, we are god's hands and feet if god wants to do something here today it's us and if the poverty and exploitation exists we are also partially responsible for that wow um you, you know i i think i i've heard from a couple other people there was um i know some people who came to um help out in vision rescue for a little bit from uh sydney australia that's where we got to first meet each other um yeah and what he told me that he learned is that often people believe that you know um helping people in india is a 2d problem you throw money at the problem and that helps it but what he learned by just being with you guys is you understand as a 3d problem that not only do does it require resources which obviously it does but it requires a changing of mindset and it's it's kind of fascinating how you've made that part of your ethos why do you think education is the way forward because if you look at children we are, i mean our our um, program our mission our, our activities are very child focused mm-hmm. and the reason is uh, if you look at the children right now well india is the youngest nation in the world our average age is 26 years old and we have almost 1.4 billion people in the nation <clears throat> and um, so if you look at children in the slums children on the streets children um being exploited um they are victims <clears throat> so why have they become victim victims why have they ended up where they have ended up it is because somebody along the line their parents or grandparents or forefathers they made a poor life choice right so why did they make a poor life choice because for somebody to be able to make a choice they need to be aware of options okay hmm. these people were not aware of options so they just took whatever came their way hmm. uh, why were they not aware of options because they did not have access to information hmm. okay why did they not have access to information because they were not educated so if you track down if you backtrack to the reason why these children are being exploited the why these children have become victims it is because their forefathers were not educated Wow. so if they were educated they would have had, they would have have had access to information um out of which uh, as a result of which they would have been aware of options um wow. then they would have made a better life choice hmm. and instead of degradation and exploitation they would have gone the path of pro- progress so now how do we turn the cycle how do we reverse the cycle the only way is bring education to the children when we bring education to them we give them access to information by which they will become aware of options and also along with education we bring perspective to them we bring them perspectives so they will also be able to make a good life choice and their children will not end up on the slums so that is why we have used the word intergenerational transformation in our mission statement so changing mindset will bring intergenerational transformation beautiful how have you guys done that practically like what is it what does it look like for vision rescue on the ground educating the kids so in order to educate a child so we always heard the statement saying that um, it takes a village to raise a child right hmm. so in order to educate the child we need to work with the families 
and also we need to work with the whole slum communities mm. to sustain the education. So the two things, one is engage the child in education. Second thing is sustain the child in education. So to engage and sustain a child in education, we need to work at and remove barriers that prevent this child from engaging and sustaining an education. A lot of times, those barriers look like uh, there's no running water in the house. So the child will have to go to get water uh, during school hours. A lot of times, there are health-related issues at home. Uh, so uh, there's an ailing grandmother or a parent, so the child will have to stay back uh, to look after the ailing person, or the child will also have to go out and work. A lot of times, when the mom has a, a newborn baby, the eldest one, especially if she's a girl pulled out of school, she might be only seven or eight. Uh, you stay back or look at look after the baby. So there are hundreds of. I'm just giving you a few examples. There are so many barriers that prevent children from uh, going to school. And these are all very real issues for them. These are all very real problems for them because these are all connected to their survival. So we need to, we need to find out these barriers and bring solutions to these problems and remove these barriers to engage the child. And to sustain the child, we need to make sure that there is economics, uh, economic uh, sustainability in the family. Um, so we have employable skill training program for mothers or older sisters um, huh. of these children. Uh, if there is, if the father is an alcoholic or drug addict, obviously the money is going somewhere else. So we have de-addiction program for for parents. A lot of times, <clears throat> children can't go to school because they don't have a birth certificate. You know, these are all basic documents that they need to have uh, for admission procedure. So, and they don't know because of lack of education. Mm. Uh, and, and most of these children that we work with, they live in unnotified slums. They, that is, you know, the government, they, they are not in the government list. Okay, so they are not legal slums per se. So, right. but, but they exist. They, they, they exist for five years, 10 years, 20 years. They just, and kids are growing up. So, um, so we help them get birth certificates. So we remove, so it's a whole range of activities which we need to unleash to, uh, or services which we need to do to the family and also to the whole community to be able to engage and sustain children in education. Wow. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people would be interested to know, um, cause I know about Vision Rescue, um, how you guys use the buses pre-COVID yeah. to help educate yeah. people. And I think it'll be super interesting actually talk about the buses, but I also would love to hear now with COVID, how are you still helping educate the kids or what's the dream at this point? Yeah. So we actually started on the sidewalk on the roadside. Then we got buses, we got the first bus. So with bus, we could do multiple locations. Then we got multiple buses, but 2000, uh, 16 onwards, we began to shift from the bus-based model to community-based model. So now we only have one bus in Mumbai, one in Chennai, one in Kolkata. Wow. All the rest of the work, um, we rent out rooms in these slum communities. Some of the, based on the size of the slum, eight rooms, 10 rooms, 13 rooms, you know, and we have our own education programs in the slum communities because it's very important to get the child between the age of three and six. <clears throat> That's a critical age. 
because until the age of 6 a child is learning to read mm. from the age of 6 a child is reading to learn <clears throat> so if a child does not learn to read at least by the age of 6 or 7 there's a very high possibility that this, this child will never um pursue or continue education mm. so so and and the government will never put schools in these slum communities because they are unnotified slum communities the moment they put a school or a health center it's equivalent to saying that we are legalizing it so that's another big problem so but children are growing up so what we do is we go and rent out rooms in these slum communities and we have started our own education programs <clears throat> to catch children very young and uh, put them through our schooling program so we feed them one meal a day wow and we teach them uh, we teach them and the purpose of this education that we do is to develop confidence and to generate interest in education so when they are ready for school we get them admission in the closest government school the council schools mm-hmm. um for that uh, like you said we we do all the paper we help them with all the paperwork documentation everything and we see them go again then we follow up follow them up to make sure that they sustain an education so bus we started with bus but now we have transitioned to community based model That's amazing and uh, now with covid obviously because of the lockdown india the world's largest lockdown happened in india uh, we still cannot go into the slum communities so what we are doing is you know most a lot of people not most people a lot of people have smartphones even in slum communities so india is the nation where people have there are more telephone connections than bank accounts you know <laughs> like <laughs> it's true everyone has a cell phone somehow <laughs> exactly and uh, a lot of people are going into smartphones because there are telecom companies coming and giving a try very attractive data packages free of cost and everything so a lot of people even in slum communities because you know how much our people love movies and soap operas and serials and everything yeah so it's uh, cheaper than buying a tv <clears throat> so a lot of people for that purpose also are getting smartphones but we are using that making use of that and uh, we have started education online um so we started with our summer school tried it out it's been very successful now we are we are about to start our school online through smartphones uh, to our children <clears throat> yeah that's amazing yeah that that that's beautiful biju if you could say like what's the dream like oh, what what's the if you were to come to the end of your li- life like what would the end goal be like what are you hoping for um so vision rescue anugra my my dream is that one day one day vision rescue will stop existing Yeah. that uh, we will not need to be here yeah. because there will be no poverty there will be no exploitation uh, so our we are working towards that goal so every community we work we work on an exit plan because the only way we can sustain this is to really empower people to stand on their own feet that's why our vision statement is empower people to find their purpose enjoy their rights and live with dignity so i become i see that we have become successful in a certain community when the community does not need us anymore they can stand on our own feet on their own feet here yeah. wow wow um if i could ask this um very respectfully um 
and I, and I ask this from a place of there's so many people who are passionate about social issues, um, but they don't believe they have what it takes. So I, I just, in the most respectful way possible, like, why do you feel like you have what it takes to make this happen? Yeah, I believe I have what it takes because everybody has what it takes. Um, because what it takes is what I, like what I told you in the beginning, um, it has to become personal to you. That's all it takes. You need to take it personally. Because if your child is in danger, you don't think about your education. You don't think about what it takes for you to, you will go out like a madman uh, or a mad woman and uh, you will learn what you need to learn. You know, I don't have a social work background. I don't, I don't, I've got absolute no training to do anything that we, we are doing right now. Everything I learned, I learned from the streets. I learned, we have been, my story is like you jump in the water and learn how to swim. I drowned yeah. a lot, drank a lot of water. I went up and down. So my swimming has no style, but I learned to, you know, swim. <laughs> that's, that's so, I don't think, you know, we need to, we need to wait. If we try and wait for, uh, to be more prepared, it never happens. You know, that's why I really believe that, uh, you need to take it personally. This is my job. This is my responsibility. You know, this is not the government's responsibility. This is my responsibility. I need to do this. If I am in this planet, uh, and, um, around me, poverty exists. It is partially my responsibility. I'll bring another perspective. For example, we look at human trafficking. Yes. Rampant in India. More than 8 billion people in bonded labor, slavery right now. So we blame the traffickers, right? We blame the exploit, exploiters. But they're only half responsible. They, they're, it, it, this reality happens partially because of the exploiters. And this reality continues to happen because of the silence of good people. So it's not only because of the action of the bad guys, it's because of the silence of the good guys wow. that this happens. So it, so to answer your question, everybody has what it takes. You just need to get angry. You just need to get moved. You just need to take it personal. That's my answer wow. here. Wow. I think um, that that's, I think that's very, very true. And um, I, I think even when I've heard people talk about like, you know, what should, I, what, should, what should my calling be? Like, what should I do with my life? And I, I think I remember hearing Christine Kane, who um, oversees 821, which is a working to end uh, uh, human trafficking. She said, find out something you either hate or you love. Yeah. And, um, and I, I think, uh, BG, you hit the nail on the head. It's, um, yeah, I think I have no words. That was a phenomenal answer. Um, wh what do you think? So... So we'll just wrap up in a bit, but what would you say to someone who is there passionate about a social issue, but they feel completely unqualified? They feel completely, they're just like, who am I to even start having an impact in this area? Like, I, it blows my mind, Biju, sometimes thinking about you, because the magnitude of the problem is not a joke. <clears throat> even when we were talking before we started this podcast, the way that COVID has affected India um, is it, it, it's it's miles worse than what it is here in the United States. People um, cannot people who work 
with their wages day by day, they, they're completely affected by this situation. So the magnitude of the problem is just so big. So what would you say to someone who feels completely overwhelmed and also completely underqualified at the same time? Yeah, um, step out and do something. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. So you start with the one thing that you can do. Because when you look at the magnitude of the problem, uh, it's overwhelming and you end up backing off and end up doing nothing. But there is maybe one thing that you can do. Maybe there's somebody in your world who needs help. You know, there's somebody in your world who needs a word, you know, a, a word of comfort. Um, you, maybe it's just you picking up the phone and calling up somebody and encouraging them. Um, or uh, you, you find out somebody who's financially struggling and just bringing meals to them or giving them some grocery supplies. So you start, you, you start with what you can and uh, then step by step you move forward because that builds confidence that I can do something and then you do more and more and more. And So we started with six kids on a railway station platform and uh, so far uh, up before COVID we have been able to uh, feed more than 4 million meals Huh. On the on the streets, and just this last month, uh, four uh, five months alone during COVID season, we we've been able to give around eight hundred and fifty thousand meals to uh, meals worth of food materials to people. So this, so how did it start? I had forty rupees. Forty rupees is like uh, sixty cents. Yeah. Uh, I started with sixty cents and six vada pav. That's like a street side <laughs> snack that we have here. Yeah. So anybody who wants to start, I would say, you know, start with what you have and then trust God and do more, 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 more. And then God takes over. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I think that's so true. It's just like step out, do a small step out in faith, then do another one yeah. and another one. Yeah. And uh, I think I just listening to you and listening to a couple of people I've had the chance to talk to. I love the simplicity you bring. And I think the problem with, um, uh, my generation, maybe we overcomplicate calling and vision a little bit, bit too much. It sounds like from people like yourself, it's like, just step out and do what's right in front yeah. of you. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, Bijou, thank you so much for uh, joining us on this podcast. Um, if anyone wants to learn more about Vision Rescue, I'll be sure to put the information below. And um, I hope that through all this, you feel inspired and you feel equipped to step out into all that God has for you. Thank you, Anugreh. And I hope I hope and believe that God will call you to the country of your origin. Come back to India. <laughs> you never know. You never know. All right. Thanks, Take buddy. care, everyone. See ya. Bye. Bye.